All right. The Fitness Retention Podcast would like to welcome Andrew Kerrigan of Local Fit. Andrew, what's up? Not a whole lot. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, I feel slightly emasculated. The people listening can't see uh, your beard versus my beard, but I don't have one. And yours is awesome. I think the computer might be kind of embellishing it a little bit, but I appreciate <laughs> the nice words. Um, so for those of you or for those of the listeners who aren't familiar with um, Local Fit, can you maybe give a brief history of you and how you founded the company and where you're at now? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a, I'm a former professional baseball player. I played nine years um, in the A's and Giants organizations. And my fellow uh, co-founder, Rob Gillum, was also with me in the A's organization. Then he ended up with the Nationals organization. We both had um, arm surgeries, multiple, one, multiple arm surgeries that caused us to have to retire. We retired, went back to school at UNC Chapel Hill and in an entrepreneurship class, we kind of came up with this idea for uh, a mobile app in the gym space. And basically what we are is we're a travel fitness membership. So it's $9.95 a month. And as long as you're outside of 35 miles of your home address, you have access to 5,000 fitness clubs nationwide. Wow. Um, where do we start? <laughs> uh, so, we're, so we're in the movie pass model. So basically what it is, is you're using the app anywhere you are, you pull up, pull up the local fit app and it'll show you all of the available locations with all the, the club's profile, picture, amenities, hours of operation. You can kind of search through their profiles, book a pass. And we have a branded debit card that everyone at all members have in their pocket. As soon as they book a pass, the appropriate funds will be added to that card, use the card at the front desk and you're free to work out. Who is kind of like your customer avatar, like your ideal customer? I think business travelers, business travelers, and also I think college students just because they're transient young people. I mean, mid, mid to low twenties, maybe, or kind of, the, I mean, really anywhere from 20 to 40, people are just kind of traveling around. People are more transient now than they used to be. And if you're not a member of Planet Fitness, where they have 1,500 locations, a lot of places, a lot of people have memberships to smaller locations, and this is just an ideal, um, an ideal fit for those people who kind of move around and want to not have their workouts interrupted. Hmm. Interesting. Um, when did you launch? I launched about five weeks ago. Okay. Awesome. And what's the response been like generally from the early adopters? So far, so good. Um, early adopters are really enjoying it. We're kind of having a little bit of uh, some growing pains with our uh, providers, but it's very minimal. And we're kind of happy to be able to kind of clean those up now. So as we get more people, it's going to be seamless, uh, seamless transition. Yeah. Um, okay. Super interesting. So um, my first question will be, what are you for in the fitness business? Because this is kind of a unique model. I mean, it, it looks like it sounds like MoviePass, but obviously totally different actual product. Um, does that tell me a little bit about what you're for in the fitness industry? Or is there anything else that you really like to focus on? Yeah, I mean, I think what we're for is just kind of access, access to, uh, to appropriate workout facilities as you're traveling around. Like it's with our amenities and you can kind of search by amenities. I mean, for me, especially once at the end of my career, I had some injuries and I wasn't just looking for a squat rack and a, and a bench. Like I needed some other kind of amenities and we kind of allow our, we allow our members to see that before they go to the gym. 
and really it's just kind of like a, a seamlessness of working out because when I used to travel around, try to find somewhere to work out, I'm Google searching gyms, calling all of them to see if they offer day passes. And then once I got there, signing my waiver and listening to their sales pitch. And really it was just all I want to do is just get in these doors and work out. So that's kind of what we designed this to do. So speaking of sales pitches, how many gyms have you been in in like the last year? A lot. I've searched even more uh, on the internet. So I feel like I have a pretty good sense of where all the gyms are in this country. <laughs> um, one question that I like to ask people that have gone to a ton of gyms in the last, like, let's say year or six months is, um, what really impresses you? What, what brands out there are impressive? What, um, what questions are members of the facility asking that would like encourage someone to want to be a member there? I think the thing that most impressive to me is kind of like the, the rise of the health club. Everything is just there. The high quality health club is really kind of um, really popping up everywhere, whether they're like lifetimes or they're kind of nationwide or there's a lot of smaller chains, especially kind of like in the Midwest. They're just beautiful clubs. And I feel like it's kind of surprised me because I had, I mean, as much as I've traveled around, I had no idea that these type of places existed. So once you go in and you see places that have full, I mean, everything you could possibly want as far as workout equipment and pools and racquetball courts, saunas, it's just kind of the, the fact that these high quality places have everything in one place. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like the idea that like health clubs will become kind of like the third space. Are you feeling like familiar with that, that idea? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like, I like gyms, I like health clubs, I like spending time there, but I think that people are going to start spending greater periods of time at the health club if the health club fits into their lifestyle. So like co-working spaces and daycare and a workout facility that will have like a protein shake ready for you after you drink or after you work out from the cafe. Are you seeing anywhere that is like really impressive in terms of the entire experience or maybe one or two companies that stuck out to you? Um, I don't really know about particular companies, but more kind of just locations and really the kind of the areas, especially like West Coast, Arizona and the Midwest is really where I've seen those really high quality places. Hmm. Interesting. Arizona. Actually, the Northeast, I think I think I'd add the, the Northeast to that, too. It's really kind of. I don't know. For me, it's, I, I noticed that it's a lot of the colder like climates because people just spend more time at those at the health clubs because there's snow on the ground for a lot of the year. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least that's what I've kind of surmised just from like kind of doing my research and seeing the, the places around the country. So I know what you're for in fitness. What what are you against in fitness and specifically the fitness industry? Uh, for me, I think the biggest thing is just kind of the cookie cutter. Uh, looking at all clients as the same, whether it's the facility or whether it's the workout, like everybody is different. Every person is looking to get different things out of their, out of their workouts and fitness routines. And I, I'm always been very much for kind of catering to the individual instead of just one, instead of just kind of lumping everyone together. And so it sounds like local fit kind of lets people do the pre-screening of the gyms themselves, right? Like you go, let's say I go to Charlotte and there's 10 gyms there, eight of them are on local fit and two offer exactly what I'm looking for. 
So does that kind of like resonate where there's a layer of people screening themselves for the gyms rather than the gyms trying to kind of like bring in the ideal customer? Absolutely. We put the profiles out there or we created the profiles of these gyms as we saw them. So people can kind of go in and see whether it's a smaller studio or whether it's kind of like a more of like your traditional like weightlifting gym or whether it's like a kind of like a swanky health club. Everyone can kind of choose what they want, whether they're looking for that day or whether kind of that's just the, the place that they always kind of work out at. So what's the average cost of a day pass for gyms on, on the platform? Like let's remove local fit from the equation. Um, what does an average day pass cost in the U.S.? Somewhere between like 15 and $18. Okay, so at a price point of $10 a month for local fit, people have to use it between like eight to we'll say 10 or 12 times a year to justify the investment in it. Yeah, I mean, basically, if you were if you use it twice, two out of twice every three months, then you're well, it's well worth it financially. I think a lot of people travel more than that. Yeah. <laughs> And it's funny, I mean, like, I don't know how much you know about, like, the work that I do, but I, I go to a lot of gyms, and I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of, like, CrossFit box owners tell me that sometimes people will drop in, um, and what they'll do is they will, like, spend $30 on, or $20 on a drop-in, and then they'll buy a shirt, and they'll buy a shake, and that single visit becomes, like, a $50 experience. So do you think that this promotes more of like getting people in the gym and then trying to basically have them spend like additional money there? Is that a play for local fit and like how a gym would experience local fit? It could be. I mean, and for us, it's just a matter of kind of getting people comfortable to be out of their hometown and finding somewhere that they can, that, that they want to work out. I mean, Obviously, as we get more popular and things kind of change, we'll have to evolve. But for right now, it's just a matter of for us, it's just making people aware that it's that it's easy to work out as you move. It can be as you travel around. I mean, for us, we've noticed that so many gyms, they offer either a free workout or a free three days or a free week. And for and as far as kind of getting people in your area to become members, it's a great idea. But there are a lot of people that travel around and just kind of utilize those deals when they have 0% chance of ever becoming a member there. So a lot of places are just kind of like letting money go out the window by not capturing these people who are only going to stop in there for one time. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, like that sounds like what I did when I was in my early 20s. I would do like I would go to 24 hour fitness and then get a day pass to try it for free. And then they would be like, well, you've been to everyone in <laughs> everyone within 15 miles of here. We can't continuously let you in. And then they won't let people who live outside the zip code in, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's a really cool idea. Um, so the focus of this show is retention. Um, what does retention mean to your business, Andrew? So for us, I just think that we're a great tool for the, for the smaller locations, whether it's one individual location or if it's a chain that has three or four locations, for them to be able to compete with the big box chains of the world, whether it's Planet Fitness with 1,500 locations or the Lifetimes or 24s, they have a lot of locations. So when someone's looking for a membership in their area, even if 
this single location is is a nicer gym if if they have if there's someone who travels and they have the option of going to all the lifetimes instead of this one location that's a that's a big value prop so for us we see ourselves as a tool to kind of like to help out the little guy and and uh help or the smaller locations to help them kind of compete with the big box chains and i think like just when you say that it's i mean if i'm like let's say i'm a business traveler and i'm splitting my time between here and new york i'm in san francisco right now if i'm splitting my time and i have the opportunity to look at all of these different gyms in new york if i ever move to new york i'm going to become a member of the ones that i've actually visited right like data would tell you that you're much more likely to join a gym that you've had a good experience at I see that as a good value add too, like a good, just creating an opportunity for the littler gyms to compete. Absolutely. I mean, and we're, and those gyms, they're getting paid. So it's like a, it's a, it's like kind of free advertising for them. They're just getting people in the door kind of, I mean, and as long as you're proud of the product that you're putting out there, you should want people to come in the door. Well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, so what's something that every gym can do starting tomorrow to have the long-term effect of making money? Uh, for us, kind of, making more money. For for us, it's just embracing what we're doing because we're not we're only sending traveling members to all of these places. We're not kind of we're not in competition. We are we are kind of a uh, just an add-on or just kind of a benefit to those local places. So. Um, by embracing what we're doing and kind of just working towards kind of getting some of that market share back from those, from those big, uh, big box chains. So playing devil's advocate, what, what are some kind of like reasons that a gym might not want to have local fit, like subscribe to the local fit model or have people come in? It, it doesn't seem like there are many to me, but what have you heard? Just from the industry, everyone in this industry is all about recurring revenue and memberships. It's they, I mean, we've heard people that say we would rather sell a membership for $30 a month than have someone come in five times a month paying $15 a pop. Like they just would, we've had, I can't tell you how many people have told me that like to my face. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I, I, I understand the sentiment, but at the same time, especially with the way that people are nowadays not wanting to lock in to long-term memberships. This is kind of just a, it's a short-term fix and you can cancel anytime and all those buzzwords. Like we're just month to month. So yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, how about un unrelated to local fit? Um, what's something that every gym can do starting tomorrow to save time? I think it's getting a better understanding of their clientele and what their clientele wants. They, uh, I feel like kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, everybody just likes to pigeonhole people. And a lot of people are looking for different things. And especially with this whole health, with like the health club culture kind of gaining steam, they can appeal to so many different people and so many, in, in so many different ways. So really kind of getting an understanding of who their clientele, not only who their clientele is, but who of their, who of their like prospective clientele is or in the clientele and how do you, how do you think Jim should do that? Um, I mean, just with the way that social media is now, I mean, those little, like those little, uh, 
questionnaires, whether it's on your phone, whether it's at the, at the club. I mean, it can take, it can take five minutes one time and you just kind of have a base for who your members are. And then after that, you can kind of, and if you show, if, if a gym shows initiative to kind of gain an understanding of who their clients are and what they're looking for, then it's kind of a lot easier to build off that. And if you're constantly just guessing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I think what you said about social media is really interesting. I think a lot of gyms use social media the wrong way. Um, they look at, they look at social media as purely an acquisition tool. And I think that it's not necessarily just like a sounding off. Like you're not just spewing stuff into the, into the internet and hoping people pick up on it. You should be listening to what people are saying about your brand. So rather than just like, spouting stuff out there i think social media should be used as a listening device to understand your customers better and that's not like my exclusive idea i mean that's like a fairly well thought out like customer experience thing but um i i, I think the surveys kind of don't paint the full picture of understanding your customers yeah you're probably right i mean but this I go kind of picking up on the social media aspect it's also like you're creating a platform to build an experience. It's not, people aren't just going to the gym to, to work out. It's also part of their lifestyle. I mean, I think that's part of the reason why CrossFit has become so popular because it's, it's a social experience, not only with the box that people are members at, but as they travel, it's just, it's a, it's kind of a close knit group. And that I feel like a lot of the reason that people are so strongly committed to CrossFit is because it's a community that they feel a part of, not just somewhere they go to work out. Yeah. Well, let me, let me ask this because this might be like a, a tough question. Let's say I want to go to five gyms in a month that have a $20 entrance fee. Mm -hmm. How do the economics work for you? We take a hit that month, but <laughs> at the same time, we just, we need, we want to get people using our products yeah. um, because as long as we get people out there and just kind of prove that it's something that people want, then we can kind of mess with things, whether it ha whether it's messing with kind of tweaking prices or tweaking um like the limitations that kind of stuff i mean eventually if we get enough people on board we can also have different tiers so we can kind of tier it to if there is someone that's a high user it might be a little bit more expensive but for those people it'd still be worth it um i mean going just because i know it's, it's such a different industry movie pass but that's kind of where we modeled our thing our whole platform after so we're able to see the growing pains and the things that they deal with and that's kind of what what they basically did is just they mess with the price and they mess with how many movies you can go to a month. And that's basically the model that we'll follow as well. Well, it's funny with MoviePass, they like, their hypothesis was that people wouldn't go to the movies this often. <laughs> and I mean, I see that the downside is people go to the gym more often. And ultimately, like, that's not really a down, downside for society. Like, that's not a negative thing if you look at the overall picture of like health and wellness in the country. Um, so, okay. Um, talk to me about, uh, like a, a book that you've read recently that had a big impact on you. Um, switching gears. Book, what's that? Switching gears a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I think the book that I constantly talk about recently is it's called the new geography of jobs. Mm. Um, I'm blanking on the the uh, author right now, but it's basically like a modern history book of the innovation sector and the five hubs of the innovation sector, Silicon Valley, Seattle, 
Austin, Boston, and Raleigh-Durham. Hmm. And just being in kind of Raleigh-Durham, and basically the book talked about as these high-end, high-skill tech jobs kind of enter an area, just the um, the trickle-down effect that happens in those areas based off those people and kind of just rubbing shoulders with people in this similar in, in tech or kind of in the same space and just really how kind of the snowball effect that can happen in those areas just from um, people in the same space kind of run, uh, just throwing ideas off of each other. So I wouldn't, I, I don't know. I've never been to, um, I've never been to North Carolina, but mm -hmm. is Raleigh Durham like a, a tech hub now? It really is. I mean, because the Research Triangle Park is one. I think if if you look it up, I think that RTP, the Research Triangle Park, actually has more startups per capita than even out in Silicon Valley. Really? So, yeah, the have, having Duke, North Carolina, and NC State all within like 20 miles of each other, there's, I mean, um, Duke obviously has its medical prowess and they're great institution. UNC is one of the better public institutions in the country. And then NC State, they're an engineering powerhouse. So just the talent that's coming out of those three areas, all, all uh, North Carolina people, but also a lot of people from the Northeast come down here as well. Hmm. So it's a really cool and exciting place to be right now. Yeah, I, I kind of want to go. <laughs> I want to check it out. Um, okay, so you go to a lot of gyms. Mm -hmm. One of my questions that I ask is, what is in your gym bag? Three things. Let's say you're packing a gym bag for the rest of your life. You already have music and you already have clothes. What else is in your bag? Music and clothes. So a water bottle, because I don't go anywhere without my water bottle. Okay. And then so I have music and I have clothes, huh? Yeah. I guess I'll probably have to have something to tell me how to work, like what workout I'm doing that day, whether it's an app or kind of one of the, along those lines. So my workout, my water bottle, and then, I don't know, maybe I'm going to, why do you have clothes? It's a tough question. I'm a simpleton, I guess. <laughs> um, okay. So third one. What's two. in yours? What's that? What's in yours? Um, I would put like some sort of mobility tool. So like a lacrosse ball or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll steal that. I'll take a lacrosse ball or like one of the, or like one of the PVC pipe uh, rollers with some tape around it. Just mm -hmm. go hardcore roller. That one's good. Um, an extra pair of socks is in mine because I like to play basketball and I like to wear two pairs of socks when I play. Okay. Um, and then something like protein powder for after my workout. Those would probably be my three. All right. Um, what do you want your legacy on the fitness industry to be? Um, to kind of empower people to, to work out however they, they choose, whether it's a, I mean, I'm a big fan of kind of like the experiential workouts, like kind of getting outside and doing that kind of stuff. And as we would like to kind of, as we grow to kind of add those kind of things to our platform. So whether it's like stand up paddleboard workouts or that kind of stuff, kind of just like getting out and kind of just experiencing the world a little bit as they were, as they stay, as they stay fit. If we could kind of build this into something that kind of encourages people to 
get outside and do that kind of stuff as well would I, I would enjoy that hmm and and why is that important to you like why does that why does that legacy resonate with you or that like desire to have that be your legacy resonate with you i'm just i'm a little bit of a hippie and i like to be outside as much as possible like just breathing in some fresh air and not cooped up inside and i think that kind of traveling around and experiencing places outdoors kind of i don't know i feel like it adds adds years to my life yeah um okay cool um any well, let me ask how can people find you and how can people find local fit uh we're at at local fit usa on facebook twitter and instagram uh localfitusa.com you can also find us on our website all the information is on there um you can hit us up on the chat feature of both uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and that's the one I'll, I'll be handling those. So you'll be speaking to me if you have any questions. Um, yeah, check us out and reach out if you have any questions. We'd be happy to help. Awesome. Um, well, we will wrap there. Andrew, thank you for coming on the Fitness Retention Podcast. Um, I think it's an awesome product. I mean, for someone who is traveling somewhat often, this is kind of a no-brainer. Um, especially if you're fairly fit. I mean, the price of one drop-in per month justifies the cost, I mean, easily. So I think, I think you're onto something awesome and I, I wish you the best of luck. And uh, I'm really glad that we get to introduce the listeners to the show, to you and to Local Fit. Alex, thanks so much for having me. It's been great. And uh, yeah, I appreciate the kind words. <laughs> of course, dude. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man.